Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Da, 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 da. Hi there, and welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is the place where enthusiast shutterbugs learn to be better photographers. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by creating a community where we all learn, share, and grow together. I'm your host, Lynn for Morton, but of course, you can call me Lynn. And in today's episode, we'll learn why you need a photography blog. Now, before I get started, I want to thank all of you who came out to the inaugural um, meetup in New York City this past weekend. We started with our first meetup inside by shooting inside Grand Central Station, which is really a magnificent um, facility, and they were kind enough to allow us to to come in there and, and bring tripods and set up and shoot. And it was just a lot of fun. Now, the thing about Grand Central Station, you see it's re- the structure is really, really just beautifully done. And uh, for me, the added bonus was there's the iconic Apple store in inside. So I was in a little bit of heaven. For those of you who know, I'm just an Apple geek. So... That was just a lot of fun. The other cool thing is we met so many great new friends, and we were limited to 25 people, and I think you know we ch- just about had a, f- a full complement. Uh, we had the old faithfuls like Carol Ward who came up and Coeen, and then we had Cheryl Auditor, and I made new friends like... Um, um, Joe Presley was there and, and, and shot, and uh, I think Kim Cochran was there. Uh, uh, who else was there? Let me look at this list. Um, Talisha came out. Tova came out. Um, Jason, we had a lot of good. We had a lot of. I made a lot of good friends, and of course, this is what the meetup is all about. It's it's creating photography as. And, and taking it, making it more social, which I think is a great excuse and motivation to get out and keep shooting and to get better with your photography. So we, of course, we had the Shuttlebug excursions in D.C. We just started in New York. I did that with my uh, with my partner in crime there, Steve Rosenbach. Steve Steve used to live in New York City. Uh, you know, went to college in Hoboken, right across the river. And it's just an encyclopedia in all things New York in terms of history and architecture. So he was just uh, an immense resource for all of us who were shooting. And then Steve led another, a second meetup in the afternoon. So we had lunch there in Grand Central Station down in the dining concourse. And then, and then after that, Steve led one down Lexington Avenue, uh, Midtown East. He called it a an excav- a, a, a scavenger hunt, which was kind of cool because he put down a number of clues and then we had to go find them. And as we were looking for them, when we found them, the, the, the challenge then was to try and take an interesting photo of it. So not just to find it and snap and move on, but to then to take some time and try and capture it 
in an interesting way. You'll see the photographs, many of them, in our Facebook group for the Shutterbug Excursions meetups. That is fb.shutterbuglife.com. That will take you straight to our Facebook group, and you can see the photographs that we post there. Um, and we also post in the Flickr. If you're on Flickr, there's a Flickr group for us. And I post it on my Instagram feed with the hashtag shutterbuglife.com. So in, in any, in any event, uh, just a lot of great fun. And by the way, Steve is also creating a, a, a meetup in Philadelphia called Cityscapers. And I'm going to, I'm going to join him on February 12th. Uh, not February 12th, February 14th, duh, um, it's because it's going to be Valentine's Day, and we will do a street portraits one, and uh, I'm going to, you know, I talk a lot about street portraits on this podcast and on my blog, and I will, you know, do about 15 minutes about on on street on street portraits and maybe even um, model a couple um street portraits for you. So if you're in the area or if you want to come on down or come on up, that's going to be in Philadelphia on February 14. It's called the Cityscapers uh, Photography Meetup. Come check them out. All right. All right. So that's it for that. Thank you for the, again, to those of you who came out and who support the meetup. It's just tremendous fun and it wouldn't be that without you. All right. Now let's talk about photography blogs. <laughs> So this weekend, I found myself, like I often do, trying to encourage one of my alums and one of our members and, and, and sort of nudge her that she needed a photography blog. Now, for like, she was like a lot of the, a lot of you who I've known since you showed up with a camera wondering how to get it off of automatic. And now many of you have just grown to be such phenomenal photographers. I wish I could take credit for it because it's just such a transformation. And, and so many of you I see on Facebook, on Instagram, Flickr and the other social sites when you post just incredible stuff and you know you work hard at it and it shows and that is just spectacular and for many of you I find myself here and there sort of suggesting and nudging that one of the things you ought to consider going forward is to create a photography blog for yourself. Now, you know, as I said before, I suggested and I nudged it, but today I'm just going to all out try and convince you. This is this podcast really is about persuasion today because I want to convince you that you really need a photography blog. And and one of the reasons why this is so I, I guess I feel strongly about this episode is I was really surprised when I saw the results of the last survey and 88% of you said that you did not have a photography blog. And I was really, that more than anything else just shocked me. 88% of you don't have a photography blog. And I just assumed that it would be more than that. I sort of asked that question because I was curious in, sort, in terms of sort of seeing where everybody is and how I can help. But, but after that, I said, you know, this is something we ought to really talk about. So today we are going to 
really talk about why some reasons why you need a photography blog and then assuming that you agree how you go about doing it. Okay, so that's what we have in store today. Well, the first reason you want your own photography blog is because you want ultimate control. And and you don't have to be a control freak to do this, to want this, or to recognize why this is important. But it is. So here's an example. So in the early days of Facebook's, um, when Facebook created their fan pages, it was a really cool tool for for anyone who was a personal brand or business or someone like a photographer trying to show off their work. You could create this page and go out and promote it and you can get all these followers and then you could, you know, post stuff so that they can see. And and when you have announcements, you could post them there and people would, you know, know what you had going on and could follow and support you. And it was really cool. And then one day Facebook said, hmm, this is kind of cool. From now on, if you want to talk to the people who are your followers on your Facebook page, you got to pay us. And just like that, overnight, they turned off the spigot. And for those people who had collected thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers on their Facebook pages, when you posted something, Facebook would artificially suppress your message so that all your followers did not see it. And if you wanted to see it, Facebook said, the best way to do that was to promote that post with a with a Facebook ad. And so, you know, when that happened, a lot of people cried foul and said, oh, my, you know, this is awful. How dare you? You know, we did the work to build a presence there. And then how dare they turn it off? And Facebook, you know, they could because they owned the platform. They owned the platform. And although those were your followers, it was still their platform. And so they could decide to turn it off or turn it on. They could do whatever they wanted to with your followers because it was their platform. And so the first reason you need your own photo blog is so that you can control it. There's the old saying is you don't want to build your house on rented land because the landowner can always decide to do whatever and uh, you have no recourse. And so if you build your main presence on a social media site, you are always going to be at their will. So if they decide they want to turn it off or if they decide they no longer want to use feature that service. I I remember Twitter had a service called Posturus. It's a little blogging service they had. And I had a couple blogs there because I'm a serial blogger. And one day they decided, "Eh, this doesn't work for us, so we're turning it off. And like that, boom, it was gone. So this is a cautionary tale. You don't want this to happen. And you don't want to invest all your work and all your time and all your energy into creating a presence that someone else controls. Because at the end of the day, if it's yours, you want it to be yours. And so the very first reason you want your own photo blog is because you can control it. No one can block it and no one can tell you what your what you post there and no one can tell you how you what you say or how you create it, how you make it look. It is your ultimate playground to build and construct however you want. Total control. So this is the first reason. 
The second, the next reason is you need an, as a photographer, you need an official presence on the web. Now, it doesn't matter that you might not be a professional. I know most of us on this podcast and in this community are not professionals. We're enthusiasts. But let's say you decide you want to do some volunteer work. And let's let's just make something up. You know, a church you support, it's a big church, and you want to provide them some support. And let's say you're approaching them and they don't know you that well. And you say, hey, I can really provide something here that's useful for you. And let's say they go, okay, tell us a little bit more about you. And you say, hey, I do this and I do this kind of photography. It might work for you. And uh, the next thing they're going to want to do is see a website with your work. And I don't care what you think or what you say. If you send them a website, it, it positions you as a little more serious and a little more professional, I use that in air quotes because I don't mean professionals to work for money, but someone who takes their craft seriously than if you just send a Facebook page or an Instagram stream. Now, again, those, those are good. They have their place because they will get you exposure. But you still need that presence on the web. When someone Googles you, to they see you shooting and they and they say hey I like this person I want to learn more about them and their work and they google you you want to have a site shows up where you have controlled everything that they will see and so that you make your own introduction the way you want to going back to the control thing all right now this also holds true when someone is looking for your work, looking for you rather, because they've seen your work and they want to purchase. Now, I've had a couple, a number of situations where pictures I took years and years ago, someone will, you know, an orphaned sites, you know, old sites where I no longer even pay attention to them. They'll see it. And because they see my name there, they'll Google it and as a result, they'll find one of my sites and go to the contact information. They're able to find me there. You want, and, and, and then they go, okay, we've been looking for you. We like this picture you did, you know, 10 years ago. We'd like to use it. You know, can we purchase it or blah, blah, blah. When someone wants to give you money, you want to make it as easy as possible for them to do that. Just a rule of thumb. And the easiest way is to have a place where they can go and find your contact information with very easily and very simply. The other thing is that also works for commercial organizations who are going to want to license your work. That's right. They will see, because these days, um, news and editorial organizations are scouring the web looking for, because, you know, people who produce content or or who publish, one of the things that really drives them is you gotta have visuals. And so they're scouring, scouring the internet looking for visuals. And you never know. For instance, a photograph I took of the the typo on the side of the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, a, a couple months ago, I got a call from uh, a nonprofit organization and they were doing a post about mistakes in high places and wanted to use that as an example. 
And, and so when you have your own blog, it, it makes it very easy for people to find you, reach out to you. And then let's say it's one of those situations where you are contacted by an organization where you think, you know what, this is worth, you know, to use it. I think I'm going to want to be, um, I'm going to want to make some money on this because let's say it's, you know, they want your, your photograph and they want to put it on the top of, on the cover of time magazine. You know, you should be so lucky. Well, you know, there's a value to that. And you can make the case that it is more valuable when you have a presence that looks more professional. Okay, so keep that in mind. Uh, The next reason is it's the best way to create your own personal brand. Now, one of the things you ought to be thinking about now as a photographer is you want to create a brand for yourself. And when you start sharing photos, you start creating that brand, whether you are intentional about it or not, whether you want, you think you want to or not. And we all, and, and, you know, brand of course comes from the, the marketing world and it tends to mean the look and feel and the promise and expectation you get when you see you know, an organization or person represented. So for instance, um, if I said to you, here is a picture of me with a Coke can in my hand, and you looked in my hand and you saw a blue can, you would assume that wasn't the Coke can because you know that a Coke can is red. And so it's that consistency of keeping the brand the same color that makes it stand out from a mile away as a Coke can. The other thing is it's also the expectation, right? When when you buy a laptop from Apple and you open it, the unboxing is an experience for, you know, my, my bias as an Apple, you know, you open it, it says made for you in Cupertino, California, and you take it out and then you turn it on and you hear the key of C, you know, the, that all Mac computers give when you turn them on and all these things sort of build their, you know, build their brand. But it's also the expectation that I'm going to be using a product that is really slick. Now, I I remember this because I I got my kids an iMac for Christmas. And I remember when we were setting it up and we took it out of the box and we took it out and it looked like shiny, like a spaceship. And they're like, ooh, and we turned it on, ding. And then then the screen came on and they were like, wow. And they knew that they were in for an experience where they'd be able to use a system that is simple and, and fun. And because they're all creatives, you know, they're they're, you know, they're like mini photographers and mini musicians, you know, they knew the expectation was they would have the best to do that with. So it, it, the personal brand is what you begin to create and you create your own personal brand for yourself, whoever you want to be, and whoever, however you want to portray yourself on the web, you get to do that because you get to create that whole experience on your own photo blog. If you want to be seen as someone who is portrait specific, uh, I remember I looked at Alvin Mitchell, who was one of our former members who still in our Facebook group, he, he used to do people in this city. You go to his blog and you see all these faces and it's right away. You know that this guy is a street portrait photographer. Um, 
Emily Carter Mitchell, another one of our members in our community, you know, photographs birds and you go to her Bella Rema photography, Bella Remy photography blog, and you see right away, you know what she's about. And so you get to create your own brand. And now when Emily decides she is ready to start teaching photography workshops on bird photography in Washington, DC, if you go to her website, you know, instantly that she is not, that she is an expert because she's got, you know, thousands of photographs of just spectacular looking birds. So you get to create your own personal brand. The next reason is easier to build a fan base of people who know, like, and trust you. You know, so now people see your blog and they know that it's there and you have sort of shown them your own personal brand. What you get to do as sort of an ongoing fashion is, is cultivate your your tribe, if you will. So people will start who who are interested in in what you do will start to follow it or follow along and you build that really you start to build a relationship with them. We call it no like and trust in the marketing in marketing speak because this is the thing that makes it easy when you want to get support for people to want to support you. And and while your initial tribe of family and friends will be there, you will begin to attract new people who also share the same interests and, and continue to build that that fan base, if you will. And so it's easier to do that when you have your own home base to do that. The, the other reason is it ensures people see your newest and your best images. Because in a stream, if you, for instance, you know, if you send out a photograph on Twitter, and if I'm just not looking at that time, it's gone forever. Or if for some reason, as I tend to do, you know, I have checked my Instagram feed, you know, today, and you posted, I might miss your work. But if I go to your website, I will always see your newest and best images because you get to put them there in a place that I can't miss them and you can get to make them as prominent as you'd like. You know, on the timeline, you what you see is the last thing you photographed in most cases, the last thing. But you might not always want the last thing to be showcased. You might want the best thing to be showcased, especially if you're doing like a Project 365. The last day might not be the, the first thing you want people to see. You might want to ha have it as something else. And so you get to control that. You get to make sure people see your newest and or best images when they come to your site. The other thing is, if you have to promote a site, it might as well be your own. Now, I know the value in a lot of these sites is they have their own built-in traffic. And by all means, we want to be there so we take advantage of that. And a lot of the sales site, you know, art.com or, you know, places where you might create your own art and have people go on there and, you know, buy prints from you. A lot of these sites have their own built-in traffic and you want to take advantage of that. But the other thing is, if you have to do any promoting, promote it on your own site. And by all means, sell there and pick up the people who come through who you might not have known. 
But the people who are within your own reach, why would you send them to another site and pay someone else commission because you did the work? Really, you pay the commission for the work they do to expose you to new people you don't know. But if it's people, but if you are now selling to people who are, are already within your circle, there's no need to pay them commission. You can just set it up on your own site and keep a bigger chunk for yourself. I mean, why not? It's you did the work and no need to pay someone else for the work you did. So if you've got to promote a site, you might as well make it your own. And again, that goes back to the, to the control thing. If they decide, you know, I remember I had some images several years ago on uh, Cafe Press and I, you know, Cafe Press was one of those sites, you know, you upload the pictures and you can set it up to sell. And I had it, you know, matted and framed so people could sell it and you can set your own price. And I had it marked up. And then I think I forget I was what I was selling it for. But one day I noticed I was getting sales and it was far below what the, the price I'd set for myself. And I said, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, they were selling it for next to nothing. And I said, wait a minute. I know for a fact that I set my prices, you know, higher than this. And then I go back and I saw that I missed an email from them where they said they were going to voluntarily take your products and put this in, put them into this some marketplace where they started selling them for far less than, than you, you know, might have set up for yourself. And if you did not want to do that, you had to deliberately opt out of it. And of course, I was livid because, you know, how dare you take my my products now and move them to somewhere where you sell them for a dollar or two and then and, and, and then say it's up to you to opt out of it. And no, you can't do that. And so when I wrote to complain, I got, of course, the, the form apology that says, well, we sent it out in an email and we told you to opt out. We apologize if you didn't read the email. And I thought, don't apologize I don't read, that I didn't read the email. I apologize that you took my stuff without permission. And so if you are selling and you're selling on your own side, you never have to worry about that happening. No one's going to sell it for less than you think. No one's going to change their policy while you sleep because, again, it's on your own site. And if you're going to promote something to sell, you might as well make it your own and you might as well make all the loot. The other reason is it motivates you to keep shooting. And, you know, a few years back in one of my webinars, I did a topic called Finding Your Motivation. And I've, you know, talked to three photographers, um, Ali Drew, um, Alex Wong, and Emily Carter Mitchell. And we talked about, because these were three at the time who I knew were just producing regularly just a, just a prodigious amount of work. And one of the things they all had in common was they all had blogs that they used to keep them motivated. And you will find that this works. There's something about knowing that you have this unspoken now commitment with your followers and readers that you will post regularly that helps keep you motivated to shoot. And so I, I, I know that if I log on to Shutterbug Life and I see, you know, that there's been two weeks on the blog, I get this little go, ooh, I, I you know, twinge that I need to, to get to work. And so there is the built-in, um, the built-in motivation that you get to keep shooting.
Next, you can tell your own story. And the cool thing is you can structure your presentation any way you want. And we, I, I sort of hinted at this earlier. You know, this is your own playground. This is like you buy a house or you rent an apartment and you go in and it's empty and the walls are blank and you get to make it home. You get to paint the walls whatever color you want. You get to put your own couch wherever you want to put it. You get to hang a TV or have no TV. I mean, you get to do feng shui if you want to. You do whatever the heck you want because it is your own space. And your your blog will be the same kind of thing. And so now you can, you know, make it your own and tell your own story any way you want. Nobody's going to tell you that your photographs have to be square or no one's going to tell you that they should be 1600 by by 18. No one's going to tell you any of this nonsense. And if you think you want to tell the story of you and your portraits, then, you know, go for it. And, and the other cool thing is, is a lot of the big photographers you see, this is how they they got there. If you think of stuck in customs and and um, you know how that blog got to be as popular popular as it is, you know it it was just you know him just telling his own story every day, and it resonated and it resonated. I look at Eric Kim's street photography post again. He's telling his own story about how he got into street photography and what he does and how it works for him, and that resonated resonates with people who are interested in street photography and he's built a, just a tremendous following. And so you get to tell your own story and, and then um, you get to present it to the world as, as your own. And that's a cool thing. The other thing is the nature of blogs. And this is the next reason the frequent updates lead to better search engine performance. Meaning if you post regularly and you post regularly on a, a, uh, a, a niche topic, for instance, Google loves that kind of stuff and they will start sending more and more people to your site. So when someone posts, for instance, you know, I have this post that I did when I had my photo coach pro blog that just got, um, a lot of coverage and it was, and I think the to the title was, you know, something about, do you need permission to photograph strangers on the street? And that, you know, Google, that one over time just became such a high performing Google because a lot of people were wondering about that and Googling that question and my blog post would come up. And so as you post on things you are interested in and begin to, you know, update frequently, this is what we call search engine performance. You get better performance from Google, which again, in turn, returns you more people who are interested in the kind of work and the kinds of topics that you want to talk about and the kind of work that you want to produce. And and so the other reason you want your own blog is, is that you can you know, benefit from that, from cultivating your a bigger audience over time by by producing regularly in a way that Google will will respond to. Okay, so I'm going to assume by now, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you're right, Lynn, I need that blog. I need to create that photo blog now. So the next question is, how, how do you go about doing it? Well, it, it depends, which is, I, I like to kid, you know, the answer to every question you will ever ask, it depends. 
So I, I've got three categories of blogs that you, of blogging platforms rather, and it depends on who you are, which, 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 which site will work best for you. Now, first of all, like, so when I was talking with that person this past weekend about photo blogs, she said to me, all I want to do is take pictures. I don't want to be bothered with technical stuff. I don't want to, you know, have to do anything more than just take my pictures and share them. Now, if that sounds like you, a site like Zenfolio might be your best option. You know, this is a platform that's created specifically and uniquely and exclusively for photographers. And the cool thing about it is if you go to Zenfolio, you will see that. It's very simple to use. It's very easy. You will create a gallery after your shoot. You'll upload your pictures to it. And and then you can decide to show that gallery. You can decide to make that gallery, you know, the front page or not. And the other thing is it also has the blocking feature. So if you want to create a block where you sort of talk about your work, then you have that feature as well. So that's really cool. But but the thing about Zenfolio is it's really all about photography and about pictures. So all you do is upload your pictures. Um, and the other thing is you have a lot of control of your pictures. You can disable the right click, of course, which you know we want to do to control our images even more. But then the other thing is if you decide you want to sell images, like you said, you know what, I, I don't mind selling prints. There's also a feature in, on Zenfolio where you can now create your own gallery where you sell your images. You create your own pricing. You create your own markup. And with through one of their partners, they will do all the fulfillment for you. Meaning, again, like a site like art.com or, or any other one, you don't once you sell it, remember I said if you're going to promote it, you might as well promote your own. Once you sell it, you don't have to worry about doing any of the fulfillment. You can have your photograph matted and framed and sent to them. And on some levels, you can also have your own logo stitched on the back of the of the product. So you have an, an enormous amount of flexibility. I used that one for a long time when I was active in my photography business because I liked the fulfillment aspect of it. I liked that I would just, if I did a portrait session, I would load all the proofs there and load my price lists and my packages and my options and they would go through and choose what they wanted to and it would automatically um send it to them so zenfolio if 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 all if you care primarily about just taking pictures and showcasing it more like a photography a traditional photography website that would be your best option now i like zenfolio but smugma pro is another similar service um similar t in, t in terms of feature sets and experience. I find them to be a bit more expensive and for what they offer, but I know a lot of photographers and professional photographers use them. So you might consider that as well. If you want more of a traditional kind of blog, then Word WordPress is the standard for the majority of blogs on the web. Now, WordPress is an open source platform, and that means that you, know, you would have to get a, a just a regular hosting account, where which is the site where 
where you host all your files and then you'll install this WordPress software, which is generally free. And then all you would pay for would be the WordPress hosting. I mean, the, the hosting of your site. But the cool thing about WordPress is because it's open source, thousands of developers have created unique themes and unique theme, themes will give you, will let you change the look and feel of your site. So you can practically create just about any look and feel you want based on a theme that you can purchase Sometimes for free, you can get for free and some of them you can get for less than a hundred bucks and then you own that theme and uh, you get to then really personalize your site. So WordPress is great if you're looking at the traditional, uh, more traditional blogging type photo blog, meaning you're going to, you know, be publishing more. And, and the blog where you publish your, 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 your publishing platform will be the feature of this site. So WordPress is going to be something you'd want to consider for that. The thing about WordPress is you can further customize it by buying more plugins. And so um, the plugins will also give you more functionality on your site. So this is the cool thing about WordPress. You can, because it's open source, you can tailor it with unique themes and enable functionality through plugins. And that, that's a really cool thing to do. But it does require a learning curve for some people because once you start tinkering with plugins and themes, then you've got to understand. And there are lots of tutorials and lots of communities on the web where you can get support for that. But just expect that as part of the learning curve. So WordPress is, is just, and there's a reason it's the standard for, you know, most of the blogs on the web. It's because it's, um, you know, it's, it's so easy and flexible to use. Now, if you're truly non-technical, then a cloud-based service like Squarespace is what I'm going to recommend for you. Now, Squarespace is what I use. You know, I, I'm setting up um, the mentoring club on on a WordPress site. And so I'm, I'm using it for that because it's one of the things I could not do on a, on a cloud-based service. And so, you know, in there you have both the pro and the con Squarespace is great because I find most of their templates are, are designed with photographers in mind. They showcase your images really big and really beautiful and they are just very simple and easy to get up and going and get up using in, you know, in probably less than an hour. You can have your photo block up and going and looking really phenomenal. And I love that about them. It's completely cloud based. So you do everything, you know, on their system. They do all the hosting for you. So you, you pay either annually or monthly for the entire service, which includes the hosting and the blog. Um, if you decide you want to go to WordPress later, you can export it to WordPress. They have a, 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 a an export fee function that will let you do that. And so you, you always own your content. You don't have to worry about them going away and losing your content. It's always backed up and you always own it. And you can always export it if you want to take it somewhere else. But what I love about Squarespace is it's just so easy to use and it's just so simple. And, of course, they have an e-commerce function if you want to sell stuff. But... If you want to sell images like you would, you probably will need another uh, for both WordPress and Squarespace. If you want to sell 
print and have complete fulfillment, you're probably going to want to have another service to do that. So, and that's, that's easy enough to do. But if, if you're really just talking about blogging and showing your images, Squarespace is great. It's not technical. It's, it's cloud, it's, it's cloud-based. And one of the things I like the most is that there is a help desk. So when you're on an open source platform like WordPress, there is no help desk. So you've got to, you're sort of on your own if something breaks. So you've got to go out and either find a developer or find a solution for yourself and fix it um, on your own. And if you are, if you are technically minded, then it's not a big deal. But if you don't want to do that, then I, for me, it's worth it to be able to fill out a help ticket. and know that 10 minutes later, I'll have a response. So, so there you go. You've got three options. You've got the Zenfolio smug mug option. You've got the WordPress option and you've got the Squarespace option. And it all depends on who you are and what you want to do, which one will be best for you. All right, I'll have links to all of these on the show notes. And and then uh, if you want to get started, here's your action plan. I'll also have this on, on the blog post that goes along with this, this episode. You want to choose a domain name, meaning you're going to choose a name for yourself. And some people just choose their, the easiest ways to choose your own name and some, some version of photography. Like, you know, the, what I, the site where I created just to play around, I call Lynn's Picks. Lynn's, L-Y-N-S-P-I-C-S, because, you know, it's, it's, it's simplest, easy, fun, and it says what I wanted to say. These are Lynn's pictures. But if I were, you know, wanted to be more formal, I might go at one point I had a site called Linford Morton Photography, you know, and that was just a little because I, I was trying to sell at that point. And so that was more. Um, and then when I did branding photography for editorial and marketing, I called it iBrand Photo. So you see, you just create a name and it's always good when the name tells someone at a, at a, at a, in a, in a moment, what exactly it is that you do and what value you provide. It, it, it's helpful if I don't have to ask what that means or who that is. So think about that. And in these days, it's really tough to, you have to be really creative because so many of the obvious ones are taken. But go to a service like namecheap.com and you can buy your own domain that you will license for a year for about 10 bucks. Then, of course, you want to choose the blogging service like we talked about. And if, again, if you are buying through a lot of these services um, like Squarespace or um, many of them will let you do the, the domain name as part of the package. Okay. And then one of the things you're going to want to do is select an email service provider. And, and this is a nice to do slash gotta do thing, because if you start to get people coming to your site, what you want to do is just have a little box there where it says, where you say, Hey, if you love what I do, you know, share your name and email and follow along. Because when you have something that you want to say to them, for instance, I'm doing a show or I'm selling a print or something like that. It's always great. If you can just send an email and reach people, you can reach folks on social media, but email is by far the most reliable way to reach someone if you have something to say to them because um, it, it stays in their email box and they can either they have to either acknowledge it by either you know opening it or deleting it. You know you gotta 
you know, what they say, de- delete, defer, or deal with your email. Whereas it can go by and in my social media feed without me needing to do anything. So you want to select an email service provider and some easy ones. MailChimp, I think, is probably one of the simplest ones. And it has a, if you're starting out, there's a probably a free option that will work for you. Constant Contact is another simple one. Get Response is one that I'm working with, working on now. And I find it to be very simple and I, I'm enjoying using it. Their pro function, their pro features. But either one of those will be a, just a simple thing. And it's very simple to set it up and then put a little box on your web, on your blog that allows people to, to leave their name and email address. And if you want to be more strategic about it, then you would, you know, offer some sort of what they call a, a lead magnet or an ethical bribe. You know, you know, here is something I will share with you in exchange for your email. People tend to do the free ebook thing, but it could just be a video or just anything you think would be interesting to your to your followers or your readers as added incentive for them to to share if you're trying to build that list which becomes the, one of the most valuable assets you'll have when you have a photo blog okay and the last i'm just going to say is is start now and keep going there's a lot going on and you know i'm got the four step action action plan that i'm going to place and i have also this really detailed infographic with everything we talked about that um that I'm also sharing and you can just follow that along and find you know what you need to do next and then finally my last thing I'm going to ask of you is that you when you set up your this photo blog and if you already have one you join the blog roll for a long time, I've wanted to be able to have one place I can go to because when I meet you and I ask about, you know, what blog, you know, what are you, where's your photo blog and what's, what do you do? I'd love to have it all in one place where I can just click and follow along and say, hey, I wonder what folks are working on now and just click on the blog and see, you know, what you are working on. What's Steve doing these days? And just click on one link that's all in one place. And so I've created a blog role and I'm going to ask you to submit your images. I mean, your, your, not your images, but your photo blogs to that site. It's really simple to do just your name, um, your, your website. And I think it asks for an email, but I don't really see that. It just, uh, in case something goes wrong, I guess they, you know, the, the service, um, can, but you don't get any emails as a result of it. It's just, um, Way, a way of tracking, but what's most important is we'll have now a listing that we can begin to grow of all of the the photo blogs in this community, and I'm hoping that it grows from that 11% we saw when we started to something that's much more robust and much more um, uh, representative of the kind of what I'd love to see from all of us in 2016. So I'm going to challenge you to start your own photo blog and then share it with me when you do at shutterbuglife.com forward slash blog roll, which you also find on the episode 48 um, blog post. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much. I hope you are inspired to start your own photo blog and that you shared with us. I think that will just be just fantastic if we could do that 
this year, if we could achieve just that, it would be great. Because I think for many of the things we talked about that frustrated you, and uh, I'm going to, you know, in future episodes, we'll talk about this, that things that frustrated you, a photo blog will also help you to alleviate some of those frustrations. So... Go out there and start your own photo blog. Remember, we are almost sold out for New Orleans, the photo tour New Orleans, which will start at the beginning of April in New Orleans. It's the annual trek to photograph the best of the Crescent City. It's just a ton of fun, and you are going to want to get in on that. If you want to get in on the last space, just go to phototourneworleans.com phototourneworleans.com and if you want to talk about it then you can just fill a form out there or send me an email lynn at shutterbuglelife.com and I'll be glad to get on the line with you and answer any and all of the questions you have that's it for me you can again um, follow me online at lynn at, at, at shutterbuglife.com where I'm going to encourage you, if you love this podcast, to subscribe to it. Shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe. You can also find it on iTunes, itunes.shutterbuglife.com. And you can follow me on Facebook, sh- facebook.com forward slash shutterbuglife community. And I'll be posting there regularly on just sharing resources that I think would be helpful for you. And, of course, my own personal Instagram feed is linford.morton, at linford.morton. And you can, you know, follow me on Instagram as well. That's it. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to continuing to, to learn, to share, to grow, and to continue being better photographers with you here on The Shutterbug Life. Take care.